Hello, everyone, and welcome to the September 23rd edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with the Floyd Scarron Law Firm. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The San Diego City Attorney has filed a lawsuit against grocery delivery company Instacart, alleging the tech giant has misclassified its employees as independent contractors. The suit comes just days after new legislation, Assembly Bill 5, became law, spurring panic among gig economy giants such as Uber and Lyft. The new law prevents many companies from classifying their workers as independent contractors rather than employees. The city's lawsuit is asking for Instacart's workers to receive compensation retroactively, including payment for things like minimum wage, overtime pay, meal breaks, and expense reimbursement. The suit also alleges Instacart evaded paying workers' compensation and unemployment insurance, along with state and federal payroll taxes. Instacart is a grocery delivery service that operates nationally and has a presence in San Diego. Its app allows customers to place grocery orders online, which are then purchased and delivered by a shopper who drives the order directly to their home. The suit alleges that Instacart shoppers do not qualify as independent contractors under the California State Supreme Court Dynamics decision. It's the Dynamics case that spurred AB5 to move its way through the state legislature quickly this year. This new law tightens the definition of an independent contractor. The most notable difference is that employers cannot use contractors unless the person's work is outside the normal business activities of the hiring company. The San Diego lawsuit alleges Instacart does not meet the criteria outlined in Dynamex, which AB5 mirrors. Lawsuits seeking retroactive restitution could be a major challenge for companies throughout the state, especially small businesses that have adopted the gig economy model popularized by Uber and Lyft. Lawyers for cities and counties suing the drug companies over the opioid epidemic objected to a bid by the pharmaceutical distributors and pharmacies to disqualify the federal judge overseeing the cases. The plaintiff's lawyers moved swiftly to fight the request made by the companies, including Amerisource Bergen, Cardinal Health, and McKesson Corporation. Lawyers for the plaintiffs said the defendants had waived their ability to seek Judge Polster's recusal, noting they were relying on statements he made more than a year ago to belatedly seek his disqualification now. The companies had argued that Judge Polster had made a series of public statements since 2018 that could cause a reasonable person to question his impartiality. They said those statements made in court hearings and media interviews raised the prospect that he had improperly prejudged their liability ahead of the first trial which will take place on October 21 involving two Ohio counties seeking $8 billion. 
The plaintiff's lawyers said the companies did not take action when Judge Polster made those comments and actively participated in courts overseeing settlement talks without objection. Oxycontin maker Purdue Pharma, one of the lead defendants, filed for bankruptcy protection after reaching a tentative deal to resolve claims in the federal litigation uh, by 24 U.S. states. And now our crime report. Criminal charges have been filed against 25 Southern California defendants for their alleged health care fraud that sought over $150 million from federal programs, as well as private insurers and union health benefit plans. Fourteen of those charged in federal court in Los Angeles and Santa Ana are doctors or medical professionals. The physicians involved include Dr. Ronald Weaver of Pacific Palisades, Dr. John Weaver of Alhambra, Dr. Ronald Carlish of Pacific Palisades, Dr. Howard Elkin of Whittier, Dr. Wolfgang Scheel of Los Angeles, and Dr. Nagesh Shetty of Huntington Beach. Also, Navid Vahedi of Los Angeles, Vahedi's Pharmacy, Fusion RX Compounding Pharmacy, has also been charged in a fraud and kickback scheme. A complete list of those who have been charged can be found on the WorkComp Academy website. The Los Angeles City Attorney has filed criminal charges against eight individuals for allegedly importing over 100,000 foreign pharmaceuticals and selling them on street corners, in parks, in front of grocery stores, travel agencies, and beauty salons, primarily to Latino customers. Each of the eight was allegedly selling the illegally imported drugs out of attractive candy-colored displays throughout Los Angeles. Each defendant faces up to one year in jail, and first-time offenders can be fined $5,000, and second-time offenders face a $10,000 maximum fine. None of the defendants are licensed or trained medical providers. The investigations led to the seizure of over 100,000 pills, compounds, and injectable medications that could have caused serious harm or death to customers. The drugs seized included injectable drugs, typically used to treat back pain or bone infections, which cannot be purchased over-the-counter, require a prescription, and should only be injected by a licensed medical provider. Also seized were antibiotics, pain medication, injectable contraception, lidocaine, and other potentially dangerous compounds. These foreign-made pharmaceuticals have not been approved for consumption by the general public in the United States. Los Angeles County formed the Health Authority Law Enforcement Task Force, HALT, in 1999 after two Latino infants died from taking illegal medications. HALT is the group that made these August arrests. So far this year, it has arrested 34 people in 54 cases, 48 of them involving illegal pharmaceuticals sold to immigrants. 
Officials say illegal pharmaceuticals are being sold to immigrants in every rural swap meet you can find. And these sellers are becoming more sophisticated. They're better at hiding it, and they're more careful who they sell to. Many of the drugs were sheer counterfeits. Others, though legal south of the border, were not approved for sale in the U.S. Some had expired. Still, others would have been legal if sold by people licensed to do so. But none of the sellers held pharmacist licenses or any other medical credential. Counterfeit medicines may contain the wrong ingredients, contain too little or too much, or no active ingredient at all, or contain other potentially life-threatening hidden ingredients. Between October 2017 and July 2018, FDA officials confiscated nearly 22,000 packages containing illegal pharmaceuticals from international mail facilities. A former vocational nurse working at the California Institution for Men in Chino has been sentenced in a workers' compensation fraud case. In 2013, Nadiwar Diop reported what she accidentally, that he accidentally poked himself with a needle while at work. However, over time, his description of what happened to him changed. Diop later said he thought it was an intentional act by the inmate to stick him with the needle. And on a later date, changed his story to say it happened when the inmate tried to stab him in the neck with the needle, resulting in the injury to his hand as he tried to shield himself from the attack. However, that statement was proven false by the evidence presented at trial. After a jury trial last June, Nadiwar Diop was convicted of six felonies, one count each of making a false workers' comp claim, an attempted perjury, as well as four counts of making a false statement in order to receive an insurance benefit. Diop was sentenced to six years, six months in county jail, followed by supervised, supervised probation. The judge also ordered him to pay nearly $100,000 in restitution. And in regulatory news, Orange County officials say they will stand behind their sheriff's deputies who are injured while trying to help others, even when they're off-duty and out-of-state. The county supervisors voted to extend workers' comp benefits to sworn employees who were hurt during the 2017 mass shooting at the Route 91 Harvest Festival in Las Vegas and to county law enforcement caught up in future domestic terrorism events who use their training to protect civilians or assist local first responders. Off-duty officers from several Southern California communities were attending the Las Vegas concert when a gunman fired on the crowd. Some were shot or received other injuries while leading people to safety, helping secure the area, and providing others aid. Orange County rejected the workers' comp claims filed by four of its deputies who were hurt. Because California law at the time specifically referred to peacekeeping activities anywhere in this state, 
but did not mention actions outside the state's boundaries. Then a new law that passed in 2018 clarified the law so that California peace officers injured off-duty while responding to out-of-state crimes and life-threatening emergencies can collect public injury benefits. Now, Orange County has enshrined its own policies that officers in good standing hurt in the Las Vegas shooting or such future incidents are eligible for workers' compensation. The county's new policy does not guarantee off-duty deputies' claims will be paid. It only guarantees that they will be considered even if the incident takes place in another state. Since the new law passed last year, San Bernardino County accepted one claim from one deputy injured at the Route 91 festival. Governor Gavin Newsom signed AB5, what he called a landmark bill for workers. AB5 will codify a state Supreme Court Dynamex ruling last year that simplified the test for when a worker should be classified as an employee and therefore be entitled to a minimum wage, health benefits, and other protections. The contentious legislation is expected to affect ride-hailing giants Uber and Lyft, plus a host of other companies that use independent contractors. A defiant Uber said that it is no stranger to legal battles and believes it can pass the test imposed by the courts and AB5. Uber said it does not plan to classify its drivers as employees when the bill becomes law in January. Uber, Lyft, and food delivery startup DoorDash have put $90 million into a fund for a campaign that would bring this issue to the voters. Lyft has warned that it would need as many drivers would not need as many drivers and pointed to a recent survey that says hundreds of thousands of drivers in the state could lose their ability to drive for the company if it is forced to classify them as employees. Other workers, such as doctors, hairdressers, and real estate agents, have secured exemptions from the bill. Newspaper publishers who use contract delivery workers got a one-year delay for compliance. But those in the trucking and music industries, among others, have also complained about the bill. The Division of Workers' Compensation announced that the 2020 minimum and maximum temporary total disability rates will increase on January 1, 2020. The minimum TTD rate will increase from $187.71 to $194.91, and the maximum TTD rate will increase from $1,251.38 to $1,299.43 per week. The Labor Code requires the rate for TTD be increased by an amount equal to the percentage increase in the state average weekly wage as compared to the prior year. The SAWW increased from $1,290 to $1,325, which was an increase of 3.84%. 
workers with a date of injury after January 1, 2003, who are receiving life pension or permanent total disability benefits are also entitled to have their weekly life pension or permanent total disability rate adjusted based on the state average weekly wage. SAWW figures may be verified using the U.S. Department of Labor's Unemployment Insurance Database. And in other news, the Workers' Compensation Insurance Rating Bureau has released its quarterly update on California's statewide insurer experience valued as of June 30, 2019. California written premium through the second calendar quarter of 2019 is 7% below the same period for 2018, suggesting that the 2019 premium decrease will also be significant. This is the third consecutive year of premium decreases. The average charged rate for the first six months of 2019 is 10% below that for 2018 and 32% below the peak in 2014. The WCIRB recently proposed a further 5% decrease in advisory pure premium rates for January 1, 2020. The WCIRB projects the ultimate accident loss ratio for 2018 to be four points above that for 2014, driven by higher claim severities for 2018 and lower premium rates. The 90% combined loss and expense ratio projected for 2018 represents the sixth consecutive year of combined ratios below 100%. Combined ratios below 100% are one indicator of a healthy workers' compensation system. The ratio for the percent of open indemnity claims closed in the next year increased in each of the last six years and in 2019, and is the highest ratio since 1999. Cumulative trauma claims rates continue to increase in accident year 2017, and the ratio of CT claims to all indemnity claims has increased by more than 80% since 2005. But medical service costs per claim decreased 17% from 2012 to 2015, primarily driven by a 23% decrease in the number of transactions per claim. Overall medical cost levels have been relatively flat since 2015, and pharmaceutical costs per claim decreased 80% from 2012 to 2018. These reductions have been driven by SB 863's Independent Medical Review and Independent Bill Review, reduced utilization of opioids, changes to Medi-Cal reimbursement rates, and the new drug formulary. The number of liens filed in the first two quarters of 2019 are more than 60% below pre-SB 1160 and AB 1244 levels. The full report is available in the research section of the WCIRB website. The Division of Workers' Compensation just launched an updated free online education course for physicians who treat patients in the California workers' comp system. 
The course is also available to anyone else wishing to learn about the MTUS and a completion certificate is available. The MTUS is the primary source of guidance for treating physicians and physician reviewers for the evaluation and treatment of injured workers. It incorporates evidence-based treatment guidelines of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. All medical providers who treat injured workers in California should understand and follow this MTUS. The online course is a convenient tool for providers to learn how to use the treatment guidelines and formulary. Medical doctors, chiropractors, and nurses who take the course will receive up to one and a half hours of free CME credit. And qualified medical evaluators may also report up to one and a half hours of credit for QME reappointment. The education module covers what the MTUS is, how to use it, and how you may be able to obtain free online access to the MTUS ACOM treatment guidelines and how to navigate the MTUS ACOM treatment guidelines and apply recommendations for patient care, as well as when to consider recommendations outside the MTUS guidelines for the care of a patient. Access to the Physician Education Module can be found on the DWC website. And that is all of our news and our events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on Amazon. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd Scarin, Manukian, Langevin. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.